We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 645 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Wednesday, August 30th, 2023, and cutdown day in the NFL is complete. Uh, Tuesday was cutdown day. Wednesday is uh, practice squad day. <laughs> uh, we on Wednesday do expect to learn of NFL practice squads, including the commander's practice squad, which Figures to be comprised of many of the players who the team cut on Tuesday. But we on Wednesday also could have much more activity than just uh, practice squad assembling. We could have trades. We could have waiver claims. We could have free agent signings. All are possibilities. You know, Commander's head coach Rod Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew did a joint press conference on Tuesday afternoon. They both talked about the team's 53-man roster being fluid. About a hundred times. Uh, the word fluid got used over and over and over and over again. You will hear the best of what Ron and Martin had to say coming up over the next few segments. But hello and welcome to this Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. This is the podcast that follows Washington, D.C. area sports so that you don't have to. Let us do the work for you. Uh, This is a podcast for which there is a new episode every weekday, Monday through Friday, with each episode out oh so early each weekday morning. And this is a podcast in which I talk commanders on every episode no matter the time of year. Next segment, in-depth reaction to and analysis of the Commander's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season in terms of offensive players. And then the following segment, the same for the team's roster in terms of defensive players. So the team's 53-man roster includes just two quarterbacks, just nine offensive linemen, and just four linebackers, but also seven receivers, four tight ends, and 11 defensive linemen. You know, a good bit already has been made of the commanders keeping 11 defensive linemen, but know this, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they, on their initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season, have 13 defensive linemen. Uh, I will go through the commanders' 53-man roster on offense and defense. Position group, 
by position group uh, and discuss potential moves that could be coming in what is a, wait for it, fluid situation. Uh, Also on the show, we'll discuss wins for the Nationals and Orioles on Tuesday night. For the Nats on Tuesday night, a 5-4 win at the Toronto Blue Jays, despite reliever Kyle Finnegan in the bottom of the ninth, loading the bases with no outs. He somehow allowed just one run in that inning, got the save. Also in the game, big home runs by catcher Kate Baird Ruiz and third baseman Carter Keyboom. Kate Baird had a three-run homer. Keyboom had a two-run homer. And for the O's on Tuesday night, a 9-3 win over the Chicago White Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. The O's scored eight runs over the seventh and eighth innings, got yet another good outing from starting pitcher Dean Kramer, one run in six innings, five strikeouts versus no walks, and the American League leading O's now in this 2023 regular season have 83 wins, matching the team's win total for all of the 2022 regular season. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback to something that I talked about on Tuesday's show, episode 644. Rod Rivera admitting that he should have played quarterback Sam Howell sooner in the 2022 regular season, said Ron to NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB in a piece that came out on Monday morning. And this was Ron relaying something that he said to his wife, Stephanie, in the car on the way home from Sam's impressive NFL regular season debut in the 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field in Week 18 of last season. Quote, F, (laughs) if I would have known this, I would have played him sooner. End quote. Tweet from District Sports Talk. Ron is way too aloof on the field and off the field to keep being the guy in a coach-centric approach. Tweet from JR. I bet that Ron thought that what he told Breer sounded really sharp, too. (laughs) Email from Michael King, and uh, this is off Ron Rivera during his post-practice press conference on August 15th, what was day one of the team's two-day joint training camp practice session at the Baltimore Ravens, saying that he wanted Sam Howell to speed up his internal clock, writes Mike. I wish that Rivera would speed up his own (laughs) internal clock. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for the email, Mike. What Ron Rivera said to Albert Breer did not make Ron look good. Uh, He is the head coach in the, yes, coach-centric approach. He is in charge of commander's football operations. If I would have known this, I would have played him sooner. Uh, Ron, it is your job to have known that. Uh, For the record... We, during the Rod Rivera-Martin Mayhew joint press conference on Tuesday afternoon, did have this exchange between Commander's Insider Matthew Paris of the Washington Times and Rod Rivera. And Ron, uh, you told Albert Breer that um, if you had kind of known maybe sooner, you would have liked to have seen him uh, earlier in the season. Was was that realistic at any point, or is that just having the benefit of hindsight? That's hindsight. I mean, you know, the the thing that we did see, though, obviously, was you know his 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 abilities. But we were also in the middle of a of a run. You know, we were trying to to get into the playoffs, and and we had some things going our way. Um, so you know, the, the the timing of it all was just hard for us. All right. So that was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon addressing uh, these now infamous comments to Albert Breer. Email from Doctor Sabah. 
on Sam Howell, writes a bomb. My dearest Al, <laughs> I have been hearing a lot about how Sam Howell is just a fifth-round quarterback and how he has very little chance to succeed as a QB1 in this league. Well, let me tell you why I think Sam fell in the 2022 NFL Draft. As you know, I am a huge Tar Heels fan, and I am a UNC grad. Well, at the start of Sam's junior season, he was touted by the media as a Heisman Trophy candidate slash favorite and possibly the number one overall pick in the following year's draft. Anyway, the very first game of his junior season was on national television against unranked Virginia Tech. UNC was ranked number 10, and the game was at Tech. Sam and his offensive line had a horrible game. Sam threw three interceptions, only had one touchdown pass, and went 17 of 32 passing. He looked like a deer in headlights. Well, after that game, Sam Howell's stock plummeted, and despite him playing pretty well the rest of the season, his hype train ended. The media was off of him and on to other players. That, in my opinion, is why he fell so much in the 2022 draft. Sam was the opposite of Anthony Richardson of Florida. Richardson was a nobody until his first game of the season last year. He was amazing versus Utah, and all of the media jumped on the Anthony Richardson hype train. He, after the Utah game, actually was often not that good and sometimes was really bad, but no one cared because he had already made it. So you see, Al, first impressions are very important, especially when we have 24-7 media coverage. I'd rather have the guy who for two years was thought to be a first-rounder than after one bad game falls to the fifth round, then the guy who was a nobody and had one good game and got elevated to first-round status despite his full body of work. Do you know the Sam Howell versus Trevor Lawrence college stats. Each guy started 37 games. Sam passed for more yards and more touchdowns and had more yards per pass attempt than Trevor Lawrence had. Trevor was just on much better and more talented teams. Sam is not your typical fifth rounder. Give Sam what we wouldn't give Taylor (laughs) a full season. Hope you address this on your awesome podcast, Love Ya Sabah. Well, thank you very much for the email, Sabah. You knew that some kind of a reference to our former commander's quarterback, Taylor Haneke, was coming from the world's biggest Taylor Haneke fan, the world's biggest fan of Tay-Tay, Sabah. Uh, you know what's funny, though, about Sam Howell's 2020 sophomore season at North Carolina versus his 2021 junior season at Carolina? Sam, in some of the more telling quarterback metrics, actually wasn't that different in his 2021 junior season as compared to how he was in his 2020 sophomore season. Uh, Sam's total QBR per ESPN for the 2020 season was 79.3. His total QBR for the 2021 season was 76.1. Not that big of a difference. Uh, Sam's overall grade for Pro Football Focus for the 2020 season was 92.3. His overall grade per PFF for the 2021 season was 91.1. Again, not that big of a difference. Now, some of Sam's more basic stats did drop. His completion percentage went from 68.1 for the 2020 season to 62.5 for the 2021 season. His yards per pass attempt went from 10.3 for the 2020 season to 8.81 
for the 2021 season. But as many of you know, Carolina lost quite a few key skill position players from the 2020 season to the 2021 season, including current commander's receiver, Diami Brown. The notion that Sam Howell had some bad final season at Carolina isn't true. Got off to a bad start. Yeah, he was not good in that loss at Virginia Tech, but he ended up having a more than respectable season, especially given the circumstance. Well, hopefully Sam Howell this coming NFL regular season is great, as great as the law firm of Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. The law firm of Paulson and Nace is always there for you. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices, and false advertising. Heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region, and Paulson and Nace has won millions of dollars for clients. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wrong but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit PaulsonandNace.com. That's PaulsonandNace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Ace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Ace. Well, this is an exciting time of year in Washington, D.C. area sports, especially off the sale of the Commanders, and now the cut down to 53 having happened and the regular season fast approaching. There is a momentum with our football team. Uh, there is big time renewed interest in the team. No podcast or show covers the team like this podcast does. And so if you would like to grow your business or practice, consider advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. Podcast advertising is very affordable, much more so than radio and television advertising. Uh, in our current economy, podcast advertising is the way to go. You get bang for your buck. Podcast advertising works. Email us. See what we can do for you. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. All right, so the commander's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season is set. It was by Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern that each NFL team had to cut its active roster to no more than 53 players, and it is on Wednesday that each NFL team can assemble a practice squad of up to 16 players. Next segment, I'll discuss the commander's 53-man roster in terms of defensive players. This segment, I'm going to talk about the commander's 53-man roster in terms of offensive players. There are two things to keep in mind 
with this commander's cut down to 53. The first thing is that the word initial is important, as in the commanders on Tuesday established their initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. Initial, of course, does not mean final. (laughs) Uh, There almost certainly will be multiple changes to the team's 53-man roster between now and the regular season opener. Home to the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday afternoon, September 10th at 1. Head coach Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew did a joint press conference on Tuesday afternoon. This was Martin and then Ron on the reality that things could be changing and soon for the commander's 53-man roster. Yeah, I would say very, very fluid process. Very fluid process. I mean, our 53 right now is what it is now, um, but it's an ongoing process. There'll be a big waiver wire out tonight. Our pro department will be scouring that. We'll be looking through that. We're always trying to get better. We're always trying to get better. Today is no different than any other day as far as that, and we'll be working toward that goal over the next week or so. No, and I agree with what Martin said, you know, because, again, it has to be fluid just because of the waiver wires, you know, and and just the communications that are going on right now. Yeah, and the word fluid (laughs) regarding the nature of the commander's 53-man roster was used quite a bit uh, during this press conference on Tuesday afternoon. The second thing to keep in mind with the commander's cut down to 53 is that the overwhelming majority of players who get cut in cut downs to 53 clear waivers and thus are eligible to be brought back to teams via their practice squad. So if you are worried about the commanders on Tuesday having released quarterback Jake Fromm or receiver Kazmir Allen or fullback slash tight end Alex Arma or guard Mason Brooks or whoever, uh, don't worry. Now, that's not to say that there's no chance that any of those guys uh, get claimed by other teams, but the overwhelming majority of players who get cut in cut downs to 53 clear waivers. Last year, Every single one of the players who the commanders released in their cut down to 53 cleared waivers. Every single one. All right. The commanders' initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. The offense, two quarterbacks, Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. Uh, The Commanders on Tuesday afternoon did announce that they, in their cut down to 53, had released quarterback Jake Fromm. Uh, I am okay with this. Yes, Fromm had a very nice 2023 preseason. And yes, our football team in each of the last five regular seasons, 2018 through 2022, has started at least three different quarterbacks. But also, yes, the commanders should be able to get Jake Fromm through waivers. Uh, The team does absolutely need three quarterbacks, not two, but three quarterbacks in the form of two on the active roster and one on the practice squad is fine. Uh, Before we go any further, though, uh, Martin Mayhew on Tuesday afternoon was asked for his assessment of Sam Howell now being the commander's QB1. Uh, Here's what Martin had to say. Yeah, well, Sam's been outstanding, you know, and going back to, uh, you know, when I first saw him live was at the Amish Pro Day uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, one, just the, the confidence in himself to go out and throw in the Pro Day. You don't see that very often. I've been to a lot of Pro Days. And you see a lot of quarterbacks who are coming out the next year, stand and watch. But he went out and put it on the line in front of everybody, uh, threw very well that day. You can see the arm strength, the accuracy. Um, he's continued that since we got him. Uh, we've seen, as I mentioned to you guys before, I know you guys only saw the one game, but we saw him throughout the entire process from when he started here, uh, rookie minicamp, through training camp and the season. Uh, so he's been he's been exceptional. And uh, the one thing I would say, um, 
you know the arm strength like i said the the uh the uh accuracy uh the decision making uh the one thing he does really well i think that's been sort of you know not talked about as much as he has the ability to create things off schedule and things break down he has the athleticism to get out of the pocket to find the guy down the field or to scramble for a first down and make it happen. You saw that during the preseason so far. And a lot hasn't been talked about that, but he's really athletic. He's a really good athlete, too. And the poise. Uh, you know, that first preseason game, first two drives don't go well. I've seen guys go in the tank, you know. He came out that third drive and showed what, what he's all about. So I have a lot of confidence in him, a lot of belief in him. I think we all do. All right, General Manager Martin Mayhew, GMMM, <laughs> uh, talking up Sam Howell. The Commanders on Tuesday in their cut down to 53 kept seven receivers on the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. We wondered, uh, would the team keep six receivers? Might the team keep seven receivers? You never know, maybe five receivers would be the way that the team would go. No, seven receivers. Uh, they are Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dodson, Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, Dax Milne, Byron Pringle, and Mitchell Tinsley. Yes, Mitchell Tinsley made the team a terrific story. The Commanders on May 1st announced that they had signed Tinsley as an undrafted rookie out of Penn State. He had an impressive training camp in preseason, and he is in. Here was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on Mitchell Tinsley. I think the biggest thing with Mitchell was it was from day one. You just saw it. You know, um, whether it was when we started back in uh, OTAs on 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 uh, the rookie camps and all that stuff that we had, and then we saw it from the beginning of training camp, and he just progressed and progressed and progressed, and um, he was a young man that we really feel pretty confident about uh, about his growth and development. Yeah, congrats to Mitchell Tinsley. The Commanders on Tuesday afternoon announced that they and their cut down to 53 had released receivers Casimir Allen and Bryson Tremaine and had placed receiver Kyrick McGowan on the reserve injured list. The Commanders on Monday afternoon announced that they had released receiver Marcus Kemp. So, Casimir Allen did get cut. That was not a surprise. He absolutely is a candidate for the practice squad. He pretty clearly was done in by his bad performance in the Commanders' preseason finale, uh, the uh, 21-19 win over the Cincinnati Bengals at FedEx Field this past Saturday evening. This is something to keep in mind when people talk about preseason games not mattering. Like, I get it. The preseason is, in a lot of ways, painful, (laughs) okay? But roster spots do get dictated by preseason performances. And what happened with Casimir Allen and Mitchell Tinsley pretty clearly is an example of this, with Casimir Allen playing poorly in the Commanders' preseason finale and Mitchell Tinsley playing well in the Commanders' preseason finale. Uh, Allen, on Saturday evening in the second quarter, had a drop on each of two consecutive snaps, and he, in the third quarter, muffed the catch of a punt for a fumble that he recovered. The idea of Casimir Allen it still is enticing. Uh, the commanders on May 1st announced that they had signed Allen as an undrafted rookie out of UCLA. He over five seasons at UCLA, 2018 through 2022, was used as a receiver, a running back, a returner. Uh, he over his final two seasons at UCLA averaged 12.87 yards per carry over 23 carries. Casimir Allen is a Kansas City Chiefs type player. He would seem to be a weapon that commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, who of course spent the last five seasons as the Chiefs offensive coordinator, could maximize. But Allen has some work to do. And him being cut would seem to mean that Dax Milne, <laughs> once again, 
will be the commander's punt returner. Uh, I know that that doesn't excite many people, but you know, it's a funny thing. Casimir Allen in the 2023 preseason was the commander's number one return man. They wanted him to seize that role, but that did not happen. Uh, Dax Milne does not have nearly the upside uh, that Casimir Allen has both as an offensive weapon and as a returner, but the belief is that there is at least a steadiness with Milne that Allen doesn't yet have. Personally, though, I would like to see Casimir Allen on returns for the Commanders at some point in the 2023 regular season, but if he's not ready now, uh, then he's not ready. So hopefully he be getting ready. Uh, the Commanders on Tuesday in their cut down to 53 kept four tight ends on the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, John Bates, and Curtis Hodges. Uh, the surprise was Hodges, who did not do much to distinguish himself in training camp or in the preseason, but he does have potential. Uh, he's listed as being six foot eight and 240 pounds. The Commanders initially signed Hodges as an undrafted rookie out of Arizona State in the 2022 offseason, but he in the 2022 regular season did not play in a single game. He was on the reserve injured list for the entire regular season, but the commander is not releasing him in the cut down to 53 does say a lot about what they think about him because I would think that he would have cleared waivers, but the team didn't want to take the chance of him not clearing waivers, at least uh, not by what went down on Tuesday. Uh, this was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on Curtis Hodges. Well, he really didn't practice last year. That's part of the problem. And so when you look at it for us, that's a rookie right there. I mean, this is a young man that's got a tremendous skill set. Um, his physical traits are very difficult to find. Um, and, you know, just getting an opportunity to, to, to practice this year completely was a good thing for him. And so, again, we just we feel that this is a young man that has an ability. Um, and we'll see how it, how it grows and develops. But players like that are very difficult to find. Ron Rivera, clearly a fan of the potential of Curtis Hodges. Uh, the Commanders on Tuesday afternoon announced that they, in their cut down to 53, had released tight end slash fullback Alex Arma uh, and had placed tight ends Brandon Dillon and Caden Smith on the reserve injured list. Arma seems like a certainty to be asked to join the team's practice squad. Martin Mayhew on Tuesday afternoon on Alex Arma. Yeah, yeah. Well, Alex has been a, a good player for us over the last couple of years. Uh, we've had good conversations about him. Uh, there is there is value with having a fullback, and again, very fluid, fluid very fluid situation right now for where we are. Um, I think we're carrying four tight ends right now. Uh, we'll see how that all how they all plays out. And there was that word again, fluid, and interesting that Martin Mayhew hinted at the Commanders having four tight ends on their fifty-three man roster may not last for long. Uh, the two tight ends who the commanders put on the reserve injured list, Brandon Dillon and Caden Smith, uh, they are veteran tight ends who the commanders in recent months signed as unrestricted free agents. Being placed on the reserve injured list prior to or in the cut down to 53 means that the player is done for the season. You're not allowed to activate for return a player who is placed on the reserve injured list prior to or in a cut down to 53. That brings us to running back. The Commanders on Tuesday, in their cut down to 53, kept three running backs on the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, and Chris Rodriguez Jr. No surprise, but the Commanders on Tuesday afternoon announced that they had released running back Derek Gore, okay, 
and had placed running back Jonathan Williams on the reserve injured list. Uh, That is notable. So Williams is done for this season. The commanders on Monday afternoon announced that they had released running back Jarrett Patterson. I would think that the commanders want Gore on the practice squad, maybe Patterson too, uh, but Williams done for the season is a blow to the team's running back depth. Jonathan Williams, to me, has done a nice job uh, when he has played for Washington. And by the way, regarding Jared Patterson to the practice squad, Ron Rivera during the press conference on Tuesday afternoon did say what many had presumed to be the case. Uh, Those guys who were released by the team on Monday, for the most part, are not practice squad candidates. Uh, That would include Jared Patterson, who was released on Monday. Uh, Take a listen to what Ron said. But one of the things that I think happened helped us was that yesterday we cut a number of guys, and, and for the most part, those were the, the guys that we weren't going to bring back. The guys we cut today, predominantly most of them, um, we're going to try and get back, obviously, because of the practice squad rules and all that. So um, I think that makes it a little bit easier. You know, when, when, and so transitioning into practicing today was a lot easier for our group, I, I believe. Um, it really was a good practice, too. It was a fully padded practice. Um, you know, we had everybody that could be out there was out there, and, and, and they were geared up. Um, and it was, I mean, it was fast. We finished 20, about 24 minutes early. I mean, it, but the tempo was really strong. That's one of the things that we've done all year. Um, during training camp, our tempo has been really quick, and uh, we, got a good, we, got, uh, we got a good stretch of the legs out of it. All right. And then the offensive line, the commanders on Tuesday in their cut down to 53 kept nine offensive linemen on the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. We have the presumed starting five from left to right, Charles Leno Jr., Sadiq Charles, Nick Gates, Samuel Cosme, and Andrew Wiley. And then we have four presumed backups, Cornelius Lucas, Chris Paul, Ricky Stromberg, and Trent Scott. The commanders on Tuesday afternoon announced that they had released center Tyler Larson and guard Mason Brooks. So Larson did not make the team, although he could find his way back to the team, either via the practice squad or maybe even the active roster. I'm not saying that Tyler Larson is Jeff Bostic, okay? But Larson is a capable veteran center, and the commanders, especially given their recent injury history at center, and especially given the recent injury history of their new starting center, Nick Gates, uh, would be wise to have Tyler Larson on the team if possible. Now, he himself has a recent injury history. Larson began the 2022 regular season on the reserve physically unable to perform list uh, due to an Achilles injury. He in the 2022 regular season made eight starts, but he ended the season on the reserve injured list due to a right knee injury. But the commanders over Larson's eight starts in the 2022 regular season went six, one, and one. Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon got asked about going with Ricky Stromberg over Tyler Larson. This was Ron's answer, and you in the answer will hear Ron allude to the possibility of Larson winding up back on the team. But first, Ron on Stromberg, who can play both center and guard. Well, I think the biggest thing more than anything else is is we like the position flex that the young man gives us. Um, you know, he's he's a solid, stout guy, who um who who we feel really good about right now. And you know, as Martin stated, you know this this you know to the question, this is fluid right now, and, and we're not we're not done with uh, with anything potentially. There you go. And yes, Rod Rivera did sing the praises of Ricky Stromberg's position flex. We like the position flex that the young man gives us. 
That's right, Ron. Position flex. Uh, But what about the commander's offensive line as a whole? The team's offensive line for the 2022 season, as you may know, was quite bad. Has the line been adequately addressed? This was Martin Mayhew on Tuesday afternoon. Offensive line-wise, to answer your question, I'm happy with the guys we got in free agency. Um, you know, um, I think Andrew is going to be solid for us at, at our right tackle. Nick Gates has been really solid for us throughout camp. Two experienced veteran players uh, with a lot of skins on the wall. I think uh, Sam made a seamless transition from right tackle uh, to right guard for us. Uh, Sadiq has had his best camp since I've been here. Physical, uh, the guy's athletic. He can get to the second level. He does a lot of really good things. And this has been the best of these plays since I've been here. So we're excited about that. And then Charles Leno, consummate professional, left tackle, Iron Man, uh, Knockwood. You know, he's he's always there, always steady. Does a really good job for us. I feel good about the group, and I feel good about our depth too. We got guys like Chris Paul in our depth, guys like Trent Scott in our depth. So I feel good about the guys we have backing those guys up as well. And the way that Martin Mayhew was talking right there, complimenting Sadiq Charles and then mentioning Chris Paul when talking about the team's offensive line depth, uh, that would be yet another indication that Sadiq has won the starting left guard job. Well, hopefully the commander's 2023 offensive line will be a lot better than their 2022 offensive line was. Hopefully there is big time improvement, just like the improvement that turf center lawns can bring to your lawn. If you have a bad lawn, no problem. Turf center lawns can change that. Turf center lawns offers a variety of residential and commercial landscaping services. It is a local multi-generational family business serving Maryland, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. Turf center lawns offers lawn care programs that will make and keep your lawn lush and green. But turf center lawns is about more than just lawns. Turf Center Lawns is outstanding at handling water problems. Intense summer storms, as we know, can cause water and drainage problems for your home or business. Turf Center Lawns offers affordable and effective grading-based drainage solutions to prevent flooding erosion, wet basements, and wet crawl spaces. Uh, Also, if you are a coach, an athletic director, a booster, know that Turf Center Lawns can create, improve, and or maintain athletic fields. Uh, Turf Center Lawns will give you and your team a professional natural grass athletic field. Uh, And Turf Center Lawns performs maintenance with a specializing in Bermuda grass fields. Uh, Turf Center Lawns, in fact, installed the original Bermuda grass fields at a number of major venues in the Washington, D.C. area, including the Commander's FedEx Field when it opened as Jack Kent Cook Stadium in 1997. Also, Prince George's County Stadium, home of the Orioles AA affiliate, the Bowie Bay Sox, and Arthur W. Purdue Stadium, home of the Orioles Low A affiliate, the Delmarva Shorebirds. Turf Center Lawns also installs and rebuilds baseball and softball infields, batting cages, home putting greens, even bocce courts. If you have landscaping needs, drainage issues, or athletic field needs, contact Turf Center Lawns. Consultations and estimates are free. You have nothing to lose. Call 301-384-9300 or visit turfcenterlawns.com. That's 301-384-9300 or turfcenterlawns.com. And make sure that you tell Turf Center Lawns 
that Al Galdi sent you. The Turf Center Lawns team is comprised of experts in their field. They share a deep commitment to exceeding customer expectations on every job, whether large or small. When you hire Turf Center Lawns, your satisfaction is guaranteed. Call 301-384-9300 or visit TurfCenterLawns.com. That's 301-384-9300 or TurfCenterLawns.com. And make sure that you tell Turf Center Lawns that Al Galdi sent you. More now on the commanders of them on Tuesday establishing their initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. Let's now talk commanders defense. We know that every NFL team's 53-man roster is fluid. Uh, We heard that word quite a bit during the uh, joint press conference for head coach Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew on Tuesday afternoon. But with the fluid nature of the 53-man roster in mind, I wonder this, for how long are the commanders going to go with 11 defensive linemen? Yeah, the commanders on Tuesday in their cut down to 53 kept 11 defensive linemen on the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. Seven edge defenders and four interior defensive linemen. The seven edge defenders, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, F.A. Obata, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, K.J. Henry, and Andre Jones Jr., the four interior defensive linemen, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Fedarian Mathis, and John Ridgway. I would not at all be surprised if the team puts Mathis on the reserve injured list, given that he has been out for multiple weeks now with a calf injury, and then the team could activate him to return. This is why I last segment mentioned the possibility of center Tyler Larson ending up on the 53-man roster. The commanders uh, could put Mathis on the reserve injured list and then sign Larson to the 53-man roster. But uh, Rod Rivera, during his joint presser with Martin Mayhew on Tuesday afternoon, was uh, not in the revealing mood (laughs) regarding injuries. Take a listen to these uh, back-to-back exchanges. The first exchange was with Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic on how Chase Young is doing in his recovery from a stinger. The second exchange was with Commander's Insider Matthew Paris of The Washington Times regarding Fedarian Mathis. Here you go. I know you're not. You don't have to talk about injuries. Yet, nope. Chase, you have that. Is there anything you can share? On? We're not gonna. We're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about where we are right now. We're going forward with the, this right now. This was a good day. Uh, we had a good practice, and uh, we had. Uh, you know, it was a it was a very good practice just because of the fact that we only had 53 guys out there, and you didn't have uh, the practice squad. Because it is fluid, though, with Darian Mathis. Yeah. Again, we're not going to get we're not going to get into those types of things right now because, as Martin said, everything has to be fluid. And there was that word again, fluid. Uh, boy, if you on Tuesday afternoon during this press conference it took a shot every time Rod Rivera or Martin Mayhew said the word fluid, uh, you'd have been passed out by the end of the presser. Hard to say what to make of Ron not wanting to reveal anything 
on the Chase Young stinger. Did Ron just not want to talk about injuries, uh, or has there been a negative development in uh, Chase's recovery from the stinger? Uh, we'll see. Uh, the Commanders on Tuesday in their cut down to 53 kept 10 defensive backs on the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. Five corners and five safeties. Uh, nothing shocking. Uh, the five corners are Benjamin St. Juice, Emmanuel Forbes Jr., Kendall Fuller, Danny Johnson, and Kristen Holmes. Uh, the five safeties are Cameron Curl, Derek Forrest, Percy Butler, Quan Martin, and Jeremy Reeves. The Commanders on Tuesday afternoon released corners to Rick Castro Fields and Rashad Wild Goose. Those guys would appear to be practice squad candidates, and those guys are instructive for what could be coming waiver acquisitions. The Commanders on August 31st, 2022, shortly after the cut down to 53 for the 2022 season, claimed both Castro Fields and Wild Goose off waivers. So, This is another reason to be prepared for potential change to the team's 53-man roster. Yet another reason to uh, not be thrown off by the fluid nature of the 53-man roster. Uh, And the commanders on Tuesday in their cut down to 53 kept four linebackers on the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. Jamin Davis, Cody Barton, Kalik Hudson, and David Mayo. Four linebackers actually are plenty with how little the team these days plays more than two linebackers at a time. Of course, Rod Rivera himself was an NFL linebacker, played for the Chicago Bears from 1984 through 1992. This was Ron on Tuesday afternoon on the state of the linebacker position in the current NFL. Well, I think it's kind of, you can almost equate it to what's happened to the, to the running back. You know, it, it's one of those things that gets de-emphasized because of the way the, 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 the opponent or the one side of the ball is playing, playing the game. And you know, with 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 the fact that we play so much sub, I think we were we were the number one team in sub defense last year in total plays. I think um, the, the call or the need for um, for uh, more than two linebackers at a time, you know, says to us that you know we got to look at different positions where 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 we need more. And I think that kind of pushed for that right now. The one caveat to the commanders keeping just four linebackers not being a problem would be this, the Jamin Davis legal situation. Uh, Jamin, on March 28th, 2022, in Loudoun County, Virginia, was charged with reckless driving, uh, this for going 114 (laughs) miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone. A judge on July 31st rejected a plea agreement for Jamin. A judge on August 3rd rejected a revised plea agreement for Jamin. And so a new hearing has been set for August 31st. And by the way, coming out in all of this has been that Jamin was charged with reckless driving in December 2021. Uh, where is this Jamin Davis legal situation going? Uh, we don't know, of course, but, you know, could he wind up doing jail time? And maybe more realistically, could he wind up being suspended by the NFL under the terms of its personal conduct policy? Uh, something to think about. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Boy, you talk about walking a tightrope. How about how the Nationals game on Tuesday night ended? This was yet another Nats win, uh, this time a 5-4 win at the Toronto Blue Jays in game two of a three-game series for Nats manager Davey Martinez and the boys. I'm proud of the boys. Yes, Davey, the boys. Uh, the boys now are 24-13 and 13 over their last 37 games. The Nats for the 2023 regular season now are 62-71. and 71. So the Nats bullpen on Tuesday night had some problems, uh, had some issues. Uh, three Nats relievers combined to allow three runs in four innings. Mason Thompson allowed a run in one and two-thirds innings. He tossed a perfect bottom of the sixth, but then allowed a run in the bottom of the seventh, during which he issued a leadoff walk of pinch hitter Kevin Biggio and gave up a two-out first pitch RBI double by Davis Schneider off the left field wall to cut the Nats' lead to 5-2. Then Hunter Harvey came into the game. He allowed a run in one and a third innings. He came into the game in the bottom of the seventh, with a runner on second, two outs, and the Nats up 5-2. And he got the Blue Jays' number three batter, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., to ground out. But Harvey, in the bottom of the eighth, allowed a run on a leadoff opposite field single by Danny Jansen to right field, a one-out double by Alejandro Kirk to left field, and a run-scoring wild pitch. And then we had the adventures of Kyle Finnegan. Uh, he, in the bottom of the ninth, allowed a run, but got the save. He began the bottom of the ninth by giving up back-to-back first pitch opposite field singles by Kevin Biggio and Kevin Kiermeyer through the left side of the infield, and then issuing a walk of George Springer to load the bases with no outs, and the Nats holding a 5-3 lead. The Nats were in a lot of trouble, but Finnegan then generated a swinging strikeout of Davis Schneider. 
and then induced an RBI ground out by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on a great defensive play by the Nats. His third baseman, Ildemaro Vargas, made a nice charging backhanded catch of a bouncer and then got off a throw to first baseman Dominic Smith, who caught what was a one-hop throw while falling down backward for the second out. And then Finnegan got Danny Jansen out on a two-out full count foul pop-out to Dominic Smith to end the game. Somehow, Kyle Finnegan allowed just one run in an inning in which he loaded the bases with no outs. And keep in mind, he did this at a team in the Blue Jays that is a good hitting team. What a finish to this game. Davey Martinez, during his postgame session with reporters on Tuesday night on the wild save by Kyle Finnegan. He threw two pitches, two base hits. Um, that's how it run. You know, he's just trying to pump strikes right there. We got we got two runs. Um, the walk was, you know, the walk was the one that, uh, you know, we, we all sat back and said, oh, oh, wow. You know, but, you know, we still had, like I said, we, we still had uh, two, two runs to play with at that point. Um, you know, he gave up one. You know, he settled down a little bit. Got a big out. Vargas with an unbelievable play. Um, you know, he comes down and gets a pop. Uh, five ball pop up uh, to end the game. So, um, but like I told him, you know, he, he, you know, he pump strikes, just pump strikes. Um, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, that, that's that's the way the the bullpen is. I mean, you just got to come in. Uh, the walks, you know, the walks are the walks um, are hurting us a little bit. Um, so we got to come in and start, you know, start uh, commanding that strike zone again. From what you've gotten to know of Kyle, especially in that role, what do you think allows him to get through a situation like that? Ice. He's got. He's ice. He really is. I mean, he uh, he goes out there. Nothing seems to, to frustrate him. Um, he's going to try to attack you and, and, try, and try to get you out. Kyle Finnegan, ice, ice, baby, on Tuesday night. Vanilla Ice would be proud. Whatever happened to Vanilla Ice? Uh, the Nats in this 5-4 win at the Blue Jays on Tuesday night. Totaled just eight hits and two walks. Went one for four with runners in scoring position. But the Nats won the game. Why? Two big home runs. Uh, the Nats had not homered in each of their previous three games, but the Nats on Tuesday night homered twice. K-Bert Ruiz, he on Tuesday night as the Nats starting catcher and number four batter went one for four with the one being a three-run home run. K-Bert in the Nats, three-run fifth, had a two-out three-run homer to right field for a 5-1 Nats lead. K-Bert Ruiz has had such a good month this month. He, for the month of August, has the following slash line, a batting average of 325, an on-base percentage of 391, and a slugging percentage of 566. And Carter Keeboom, he on Tuesday night as the Nats starting third baseman and number six batter went two for four with a two-run homer and a single. Uh, Keeboom in the Nats two-run second had a one-out first pitch, a two-run homer to left field for a 2-0 Nats lead. The homer was impressive when it projected 410 feet per stat cast and was Keeboom's third home run in six games since the Nats on August 20th brought him back up to the majors. You know, this may well be the last true good chance that Carter Keeboom has to live up to his promise, to live up to his potential of having been taken by the Nats with the number 28 overall pick in the 2016 
MLB draft. And uh, at least so far in this latest go-round at the Major League level, he's doing well. You know, also for Keyboom on Tuesday night, he in the top of the fourth had a one-out single up the middle on an 0-2 pitch. Uh, another hero for the Nats on Tuesday night was Jacob Young. Uh, he is the Nats starting center fielder and number nine batter. Went one for four with a bunt single and a stolen base. But the most significant thing from Young in this game was a big outfield assist. Uh, So Young in the top of the seventh had a leadoff bunt single toward third base and then had a steal of second base. But Young in the bottom of the eighth, a huge outfield assist. He with the Nats nursing a 5-3 lead, caught a one-out fly ball off the bat of Dalton Varsho, despite nearly being run into by left fielder Alex Call. And then Young threw out Alejandro Kirk at home For the third out, Young unleashed this great no-hop throw to get the uh, rather portly (laughs) Alejandro Kirk out at home. A big-time play by Jacob Young. This was Davey Martinez during his post-game session with reporters on Tuesday night on the clutch assist from Jacob Young. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. I mean, he did the right thing too. In that in that situation, you just got to air it out, you know, and hope that you know you you throw you throw it on target. Um, he threw it right on target. It was beautiful. What were the reports that you had on him um, defensively before he got called up? Yeah, he's an unbelievable defend, defender. Uh, anywhere, any, all three, but um, he, he could go get him. Um, and he plays he plays defense really well. That's a ball where either guy could go for it. They both are going for it. Does it tell you anything that the kid is confident enough to call off the left fielder coming at him at the same time? Absolutely. We had that conversation um, the first day he got here. I said, hey, you're the center fielder. You, you control the outfield. You, t- you call it. You take everything. I want you to catch all the balls. And um, they did it tonight. Yeah, the Nats this past Saturday afternoon announced that they had selected the contract of Jacob Young from AAA Rochester. That was off the Nats just four days earlier, Tuesday, August 22nd, having promoted Young from AA Harrisburg to AAA Rochester. And he earlier in the 2023 season played for High A Wilmington. Jacob Young this season has played at four different levels of the Nats organization. Uh, the Nats' starting pitcher in this 5-4 win at the Blue Jays on Tuesday night was Mackenzie Gore. He has been really up and down lately, and he, in this outing, was up and down. He allowed one run in five innings. You certainly can't complain too much about that, but he, over the five innings, threw a whopping 106 pitches. Uh, now, he did throw a good number of strikes, 69 strikes versus 37 balls, but he allowed the Blue Jays to foul off 29 pitches. The Blue Jays in this game were on Gore's fastball. The Blue Jays are a good hitting team, and so Gore uh, in this game recorded just two strikeouts. He gave up six hits, a solo homer, two doubles, and three singles. He issued two walks and a wild pitch, but he only allowed one run. Uh, Gore in the bottom of the third allowed a run on a leadoff homer by Davis Schneider to left field on an 0-2 pitch to cut the Nats lead to 2-1. Mackenzie Gore now in this 2023 regular season, 26 starts, an ERA of 4-28. Game three for the Nats at the Blue Jays Wednesday afternoon at 3.07. Patrick Corbin will be the Nats starting pitcher.
Well, we this season in the American League have three horrendous teams. Uh, the Oakland A's, who are historically bad, the Kansas City Royals, and the Orioles' current opponent, the Chicago White Sox, uh, and the American League leading O's are doing what they should be doing in a three-game series against the uh, lowly White Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, pounding the White Sox. Monday night, a 9-0 win. Tuesday night, a 9-3 win in a game in which the O scored eight runs over the seventh and eighth innings to, again, Joe Angel be in the win column. And the Orioles, again, in the win column! Thank you, Joe. The win column. Uh, the O's for this regular season now are an American League best 83 and 49. The 83 wins match the Orioles' win total for the 2022 regular season. Also, uh, the O's for this regular season now have a run differential of plus 101. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays on Tuesday night did win an 11-2 win at the Miami Marlins. So the O's still are two and a half games ahead of the Rays for the best record in the American League and for first place in the American League East. Uh, The O's in this 9-3 win over the White Sox on Tuesday night scored nine runs, totaled 14 hits, worked three walks, went five for 11 with runners in scoring position. The 14 hits were comprised of two doubles and 12 singles, leading the way offensively for the O's on Tuesday night was the red-hot Anthony Santander. He is the Orioles starting DH and number three batter. Went two for five with a three-run double and an RBI single. Santander and an Orioles a three-run seventh had a tie-breaking two-out bases loaded opposite field three-run double down the right field line for a 4-1 Orioles lead. And Santander and an Orioles five-run eighth had a one-out RBI single to center field for a 9-1 Orioles lead. Uh, Anthony Santander for this month of August has a slugging percentage of 554. He, over the first two games of this series against the White Sox, has seven runs batted in, and he, for this regular season, is number one among all qualified Orioles in OPS at 815. Here was O's manager, Brandon Hyde, during his post-game press conference on Tuesday night on Anthony Santander. Just having a really <laughs> just super consistent, um, you know, it's good ABs every night from both sides of the plate, drives in huge runs for us. He's playing right field, he plays his tail off. Um, he's just a super, he just really become a professional player. I mean, in every aspect and ultra prepared and, um, you know, they got a, that was an enormous hit tonight. Well, also good for the O's in this 9-3 win over the White Sox on Tuesday night was starting pitcher Dean Kramer. Uh, he allowed one run in six innings with five strikeouts versus no walks. He gave up six hits, a solo homer, and five singles. He threw a lot of strikes, 93 pitches, 60 strikes versus 33 balls. Dean Kramer, over five starts in August, had an ERA of 2 37. Outstanding. He, Kyle Bradish, and Grayson Rodriguez, three young Orioles starting pitchers who are surging right now. Uh, so good to see. And then the Orioles bullpen on Tuesday night. Three Orioles relievers combined to allow two runs in three innings. Danny Coulomb tossed one and two-thirds perfect innings. as He continues to look good since the O's this past Friday afternoon announced that they had reinstated him from the 15-day injured list, which he had been on since August 10th, retroactive to August 9th due to left biceps tendonitis. Uh, Yanir Cano on Tuesday night 
faced one batter and got one out. But Shintaro Fujinami in the top of the ninth allowed two runs. Uh, Fuji, he is a hit and miss, shall we say. <laughs> uh, game three for the O's against the White Sox. Wednesday afternoon at 105, Kyle Gibson will be the Orioles starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 646. We'll provide you with more on the commanders. Also talk nationals and Orioles. And that's on Wednesday afternoon at 3.07 of game three of a three-game series at the Toronto Blue Jays. The O's on Thursday afternoon at 1.05 of game three of a three-game series against the Chicago White Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. We like the position flex that the young man gives us. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.